The initial fun from the Daniel Jones era has faded off as the Giants have reeled off three straight losses. Questions about is Pat Shermer the future for this team? Will Daniel Jones figure it out? Did Dave Gettleman actually fix his O-line? Can the defense stop anybody? Well, they get an opportunity to change the narrative. They get an opportunity to go against an old friend and snacks. Golden Tate gets an opportunity to face his old team and show them what he's all about. The Giants need to change the narrative. So let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to the Talking Giants Lions Preview Show. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you previously recorded from the state of Florida. Here with my co-host, Danny King. He's coming to you from New York, where he records, doing a little rhyming. Don't usually do that, but just kind of hit me as I hit start record. Danny, we're two and five. The trade deadline is coming up. We got a, a very average Detroit team. But that's not it. That's not an insult. Some people might take it because I think the Giants team is kind of below average right now. Danny, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I, I muted my mic there for a second, but it was on the whole time. So I'm doing good. I'm excited for uh, – I mean, even though I know the Giants bought us on Sunday, I'm excited for Sunday. And as you said, Detroit, are they anything special? No, but they're a good team even though they've made a strange decision this past week. But I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, this Detroit team, you know, they're, they're a few plays away from being, like, top of the NFC North or second place in NFC North. But instead, they're in last place. I mean, we all saw the Green Bay Monday Night Football game where there was the two hands-to-the-face hands to calls on Trey Flowers that weren't actually hands-to-the-face. Uh, Arizona with their wild comeback in week one to tie it. Um, so like this, uh, they are, they are, uh, two, what are they, what is the record? Two, three, and one, right? Yeah. Like, it's just a, it's just a very average team. They don't do anything crazy on offense. They don't have some kind of crazy defense that blitzes the crap out of you. It's just kind of, of an average middle of the road team. Stafford's good, but he's not great. Their running game, uh, is 3.8 yards. Per I mean, we'll get all into all the details and whatnot, but I just think this is an average team. It's a winnable game. Not, I don't think it's expected. We're not favored, but it's definitely a winnable game for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, we were saying, obviously, that Detroit's an average team, but this is 100% of the game that Detroit could just go out there and just light us up. Just because they're average, we have to remember who the Giants are at times as well. They're not the best team in football right now, and Detroit can become look like a superstar team. They're average. We're below average. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll get into the whole specifics in a, a few minutes here, but, like, the Lions offense, I mean, losing on Johnson, that's a huge hit right there. Matthew Stafford's a guy you can know you can go out there and trust, and then you got guys like Galladay and Amendola and, uh, what's his name, Marvin Jones. So, all quality guys out there. Yeah, let's let's get right into it um, with their offense. Matthew Stafford quarterbacking once again. Uh, he, he's had a good year, not a great year. He has he has better numbers, I would say, than than he actually has played. Uh, their running game, Carry On Johnson was their lead back. He's out for the season, so now they uh, turn to Ty Johnson and, and uh, JD McKissick. McKissick has been. Pretty good. Uh, Ty Johnson's under four yards for carry. McKissick on, uh, let's see, on, hold on, I'm pulling up the numbers. Uh, McKissick on 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 uh, 15 carries has 109 yards, so 7.3 yards per carry. Then Ty Johnson on 23 carries has 83 yards and 3.6 yards per carry. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a pretty much even split with those two guys. Uh, McKissick. You know, he had a 40-yard run, which staggers those numbers a little bit. But I think their offense is a lot like the New England offense, where they're going to try and pound the middle. They're, they, you know, they do run outside, but a lot of times it's with a fullback. Uh, I think their offense, like I said, actually plays into what James Betcher's been doing. I don't think you need to. And which is kind of frustrating because we want to see James Betcher go out there and be more aggressive, and he should be still in this game. But this isn't a game where I don't. I think you need to like blitz like crazy. I think this is a game where you need your safeties to kind of be roaming the middle of the field. Um, that being said, Dale Buchanan's in there. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's time to move Buffet out. I, I don't know. I mean, what's your total thoughts on this offense, Danny? Well, you said it right there. I mean, the Giants add in Dion Buchanan. He's not going to be like worked into this. He's getting thrown into the fire right away because he knows James Betcher. He knows his defense. So they're going to make him go out there and be like he's just just like he's with Arizona. Jabril Peppers, he could be more of the safety now. Right? He Jabril Peppers can move around so much more now because they use Dion Buchanan that uh, money back position. So. Yeah, this offense, as I said, they got playmakers. And Matthew Stafford's a guy you know can go out. He's he's a great quarterback. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, but just losing carry on Johnson is a big blow to this uh, running game because he's a very quality back. And now they got to go with Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see just how they use them. I'm with you. Maybe they could just split them right down the middle. It That's going to be interesting to see. But then you just got, like, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, the guy from Iowa, the tight end. He... He has the potential to be special, but he, if you look at the tape, he hasn't blown you away. He's made, yeah, he, he hasn't made done anything this year. If yeah. you, Arizona, Arizona had six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Since then, in five games, 12 catches, uh, 89 yards, and one touchdown. In five games, which means he's averaging less than 20 yards per game besides that Arizona game. He has done nothing special. And, you know, he's a good blocker, but he doesn't, like, blow you away in the run game. He's very beatable. Um, like I don't like you know I put out a tweet saying like they're a very average team they're like we well, got to watch out for Galladay and Hawkinson but Hawkinson doesn't scare me he hasn't done anything yet now knowing this Giants team this will be his coming out game but like so Galladay <laughs> Galladay through uh, through six games twenty five catches three hundred eighty five yards and four, four touchdowns his catch per target rate is fifty three percent like yeah he has big playability but it's like I don't know like he he doesn't wow I me mean, he's kind of like a Sterling Shepherd to me in a sense. Like I, I, if you told me you pick Galladay or Shepard, that would be a hard decision for me. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I'm more familiar with Shep, but but the, the point I'm making is like neither one of those guys are good pieces, but they don't blow you away. 
No, yeah, but I'm just intrigued to see how they attack Hawkinson because, as you said, this could very much be, like, his breakout game. So will they want to use Jabril Peppers more on him or will they trust Ogletree to handle Hawkinson? So it it will be very interesting to see how they attack Hawkinson, just these wide receivers. It's really hard. They're all. I'm not saying they like the Giants receivers in a way, but, I mean, like, if you look at them, they're, they're like, they have the potential to be good, but they haven't blown anyone away, and that's what the Giants wide receivers have done. If anything, maybe Kenny Galladay will have a day. The question is, with the trade rumors surrounding Janoris Jenkins, will maybe Jack Rabbit? I'm not saying pack it in, but maybe we'll just be in the back of his head, like, hey, this is my last game in New York. Like, will he just be thinking about, will I be here on Tuesday? So maybe Jenkins will just be off his game and get exposed a little bit here in Detroit. So. That's something I just want to see how Jenkins handles the outside talk because even though players say they don't hear the outside talk, they obviously hear it. They have, they have lives. They are on social media. They know exactly what's being said about them. So I'm just to see Tracy see how they handle that. And I expect Marvin Jones to go out there and have a good game. I feel like Grant Haley yeah, Marvin also, Jones is like, their number one. I mean, yeah. maybe Galladay is like a little more of a threat, but Marvin Jones is their number one. He has more catches on less targets, but he has more catches. Um, he has more yards. He doesn't have his, as much yards for catches Galladay, but he has, you know, five touchdowns. Granted, he had four against Minnesota. Um, but, like, you look at, like, if you think four-touchdown game, you're thinking, like, 170 yards. He had 90 yards. They, they were they were almost all, like, exclusively two-yard touchdowns. Uh, but his catch-per-target rate is 71%. Stafford definitely trusts him more. And at this point, I mean, I would trust him more. No, definitely. I mean, DeAndre Baker, he's coming out of his shell, and I have full faith in DeAndre Baker. The only corner I have my doubts in right now is Grant Haley. And Danny Amendola, maybe the, he could expose Grant Haley. Grant Haley is such – I had so much faith in him coming to season, and now he just really let me down. And so I'm intrigued to see how – and especially with the prospect of Sam Beal coming back next week, maybe this is – let's say the Giants keep Jenkins. Let's. I want to see how they configure the cornerback group as my ESPN goes off. So – Maybe Sam Beal will have Jenkins, uh, Baker, and Beal on Monday Night Football. Who knows? But with the prospect of Beal coming back, it's got to be on the mind of all these corners thinking like, not not Baker, but between uh, Jenkins and Haley, maybe they're like, hey, maybe this is the last time I'm out here. Maybe uh, Beal comes and takes my spot or Jenkins is gone. So I'm intrigued to see how this defense just handles the pressure, mainly in the secondary. Yeah, Grant Haley, and that's going to be a common theme all season while he's a starter. He really is a huge matchup with Danny Amendola. Amendola has been solid for him. He's, you know, he's brought in 20 catches, 252 yards, and a, and a tutter. You know, look for him on the play action. Um, I, I noticed they like to run outside a lot. In fact, and just like a little mental note, I noticed uh, they'll they'll pull their guard and they'll, they'll use their fullback to block backside. So that's just something I noticed. I'll put out a clip of that probably by the time you listen to this. Um, so and then they use that kind of outside play action to get Amendola involved over the middle. So that's going to be big to not get sucked up too much. That being said, like I, I really think they're they're very similar to uh, New England. Like their wide receivers aren't amazing, but they're they're adequate. Um, you know, they like to run the ball. They like to run the ball up the middle. They, and I don't think they do it very successfully, but they, they don't get away from the run, which is you know good for them. Uh, teams, you know, I, I think team that's that's smart football. That being said, Stafford. Well, he's been good. I mean, did it did it pop off to you? And maybe it was more so just a Minnesota game, but he was under throwing guys. Like when he get out of the pocket or like off his base, 
he would like literally the ball would hit the dirt before it would get to guys. Yeah, I, I did notice that he was on the throwing it a lot. Matt Stafford has gone through a lot this year as a whole, obviously with the whole it was his wife and that whole cancer situation. So I haven't Matt Stafford just hasn't to me, he just doesn't look like the Matt Stafford like past few years. And I agree with you hundred percent. It looks like he's under been under throwing receiver, especially in that Minnesota game. So Obviously, each quarterback, like, we all thought Kirk Cousins was going to have a terrible game coming against us when we played the Vikings, and he went out there and just lit us up. So anything is possible, but I definitely didn't. I'm with you. I noticed the underthrowing by Matt Stafford, especially in that Minnesota game. This Their offense, it could put 42 points up on us, and it could put 13, and neither one would surprise me. I'm serious. Neither one would surprise me. If you told me that Baker and Jenkins, and you know we're going to talk about uh, Jenkins a little later in the show, but if you told me those guys locked down Marvin Jones and Galladay, and we shut down the run, and Dayon Buchanan had a big day, like that doesn't surprise me one bit. But if you told me that Buffet was late and late and late again, and they they found guys over the middle, and Hawkinson had a breakout game, and McKissick averaged six yards per carry, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Like this, like I said, this offense can be really good. It can be like very average. Um, but I would, I, you, I think it'll land in the middle. I think they end up with 28 points or so. Yeah. To make it clear, I mean, this Giants defense, as much as we've complained about them, they, they, in that second half of that Cardinals game, they, they really, uh, locked up and were able to shut down the Cardinals. And it, as you said, I mean, look at the lines, as you said, they're not much different from the, uh, the Patriots when we play them. So I could easily see the Giants locking down the – I have faith in this defense to a point that, like, I know they can do it. We've seen they can do it. It's just can they actually go out there and do it. And I believe – really, what's going to win us this game is if our defense is just able to get a few stops, like in that Bucks game, make key stops, this offense just needs to get points on the board. That's what's cost us these past few games. In that Patriots game, offense could even get a point on the board. In that Cardinals game, uh, they got like one touch, like two touchdowns, but like one came a little too late, and they had that pass by Daniel Jones. So it's got to happen early too. Yeah, that's the thing. If the Giants don't that busting, like if they don't have the lead early, the Giants' the chances of winning are not that high. And what that sucks Bucks, is when we had Eli, we scored early, and now we have Daniel Jones who can really like win a game, and we haven't been able to get a good early lead besides the Washington game. Yeah, and that was should have been expected. If we weren't leading Washington that whole game, that would have been a problem. So this offense needs to go out there and score early. And we'll get into the whole offense situation in a second, but it, our defense needs to have a lead for them to feel confident. And that Patriots game, that was, a, that was like an exception because they just had a Patriots just play, as you said, right into our game plan. So if this defense sees they have a lead, they will lock it down, in my opinion, and play lights out on Detroit. If they don't have the lead, then who knows what's going to happen. And something I just want to say, because people are like, Chase Edmonds had a big, big game against us. It's like, actually, he was having a good season. When he, he was way more effective than he was David Johnson those games before. And he was doing the same thing against the outside. Chase Edmonds is a, is a decent back, especially when you're not expect, asking him to do 20 yard, twenty carries per game. You can give him eight carries. He's very effective. And I, I don't think David Johnson was hurt. I think they're just like, you know what, Chase Edmonds is the hot hand. Let's freaking ride it because he did good against Atlanta the week before. He was averaging like six like over six yards per carry. He's, he's a good back. So, like like it's it's not acceptable, but it's also like Chase Edmonds wasn't like just some like random guy who like it wasn't John Hillman who went out there and had six and a half yards to carry. Um, but anyways, I mean that was still pathetic. Uh, those those big runs, although they did shut him down for the rest of the game. 
Anyways, any final thoughts on their offense? I mean, like I said, this it's really hard to put your finger on and like what do you think this team is going to do? Um, you know, they do less average less than four yards per carry. They do stick to the run, which is good on them. Third downs is thirty seven percent, which isn't anything special. Um, it's just kind of a very bland offense to me. Like going through their tape, I I went through you know two full games of their offense, and there was one play where I was like, oh, that's a really cool play. And you don't have to like. Like, people think you have to have, like, all this motion and run the Arizona offense to, like, be a good offense. You don't. Um, so, I'm not, like, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying there, there wasn't, like, much to maybe, like, wow me. The Lions are not an offensive, like, minded team. They got Matt Patricia, who is a defensive-minded guy, and all their attention goes to defense. Yeah, who they're off the corner to Jim Bob Cooter. He's, I love that name, by the way. He's such a... He's part of that old mindset of the NFL. He's not in, like, the new age where you got all these trickery plays. You got all these fun plays to watch. He's plain and simple. He's pound the rock, pass the ball, nothing special. You just get it done. And They it, actually fired Jim Bob. It's Darren, uh, oh, they it's Darren Beeble. I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. But, but still, there is not – I haven't he noticed – He was with the Seahawks before that. I mean, he, so, yeah. Yeah, he's not that much. If you look at it, they're a very old school type team to me. They pound the rock, they pass the ball, they don't do any of the tricky plays like you saw of Kyler Murray. So, while Matt Stafford is a slippery guy, don't expect anything crazy from the Lions. Maybe they have one huge trick play up their sleeve, but I expect this to be a pretty just. They're a bland offense. They're nothing special. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll move on to the defense. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's talk about our offense, their defense. And I think – I don't want to repeat ourselves, but I think our off, our like our focus should be us doing our things right, and that starts with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. knowing Now, I don't want him to be checked down Charlie and just be, you know, checked down and throwing the ball as soon as he catches it out of the snap. That being said, he needs to be better to know when it's, when it's time to do that and when it's time to make the, the, the big play deep. But that being said, I think the Giants are going to come out and try and pound the rock in this game. I think they're going to try and feed Saquon, and that will lead to some play-action stuff. It could be a really nice game uh, against this Detroit defense that is good. Um, it's not great, but it is good. You know, they just traded uh, Quandrell Diggs. Uh, Darius Slay could be out. I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to say. I, I guess we can just assume he's going to be in there. Snacks has been decent for them. Nothing special. Uh, Trey Flowers is a really good player, but you know he's not like he's not like a he's not uh, he's I don't think he's better than Chandler Jones. Uh, Justin Coleman's a good corner. Uh, he's got nine pass deflections, but like this is a this is a game where we should come out and pound the rock with Saquon, work the play action, make some quick throws, and that's going to lead to some bigger plays. Like I, I I don't think I have faith in us to win, but I do have faith in this offense to look a lot better than it has the last few weeks. Well, as Saquon said today, he was looking at the tape himself, and he said 
he he looked like he was going back to his uh, college habit at that time. It's like remember last year when he in the beginning of the season he was trying to do all these fancy plays, jukes moves and all that, but towards the end, like I don't know exactly what game, but that he started running north south and it made it like a huge difference. I believe we're going to see that back from Saquon. He said, obviously, he said excitement attributed to that because he was his first game back. He wanted to be out there, and he was finally excited to get back out there. So I expect Saquon to settle down and be the Saquon Barkley he was uh, before the injury. So I I think, yeah, they're going to pound the rock on him. But the one guy that's just going to be an issue is the big guy in the middle, Damian Harrison. While he's not out there every play now, he's still a force in that middle and we know for a fact he was a huge part of our running game and I and he he's gonna be looking forward to hit a Saquon Barkley he couldn't really go at him while he's with the Giants because he's the star player they didn't want him to get injured but now Damian Harrison not saying he's trying to injure Saquon but he's gonna be going at him he's gonna be he's gonna want to lock down Saquon so if the fight yeah if the Lions stand the chance they need Damian Harrison to lock down the run game and force Daniel Jones to pass because Daniel Jones is big issue he holds on to the ball too long we complained about Eli when he didn't throw it away or when he checked it down, but there's times when he needs to check it down because it's the right thing to do. He needs just to be more aware of his surroundings. If he sees no one open and he has an easy check down, take the check down. If there's no one open at all, just throw the ball away. Don't hold on for it for too long. I know he can run, but still, throwing the ball away is not a bad case scenario sometimes. The fumbles are an issue. He doesn't have the good ball security. He just needs to be more aware sometimes of what's going on around him, and yeah, that's the thing. If Daniel Jones can just s- limit these fumbles, just make smart decisions, the Giants can easily go out there and have a good day on offense. But it, it's all dependent right now on Daniel Jones. I know he's a rookie, but I you want your rookie to go out there and play well. And these are things Daniel Jones should be keen on is just to fix. They're not crazy fixes. I don't see why Daniel Jones, he knows this is an issue. And I think there's going to be a correction this week. I do because, yeah. you know, Tampa, Tampa was great. Washington there were some mistakes, but, you know, those weren't like, oh, it needs to get the ball out quicker mistakes. Um, what was the game after that? Uh, Minnesota, like, they they just locked us down. Like, you know, our receivers were locked up all game. And he just missed some – you know, he missed Shepard on those two throws. Shepard had the drop on the sideline. So, like, there was plays there to be made and had. It just weren't, wasn't executed perfectly. Um, New England, you know, they, they – like, our guys were not open. They just were not open. This was the first game – where it was on Daniel Jones. Like, it was completely on Daniel Jones for the most part in the passing game. Not complete, not all the way, but for the most part. Like, there was guys that were open. There were some quick throws that could have been had, and he held on to the ball too long. So, uh, so this, like, this was, this was, like, that game was the most, the game where he could look at and learn the most from. Where the other games, there was, you know, definitely, you can always learn from even the good games. But this was the most, uh, like, teachable game. So, I, I do think there will be a correction and there will be um, an effort to get the ball out a little quicker, but to also not like like we said before to be Eli has ha, like how Eli's been in the past two years, and just you know set hike throw the ball throw the ball throw the ball like now like on third and twelve I think he's gonna look like okay this coverage is dropping there's probably not anyone gonna make it can I run no I'm gonna check it down. Yeah, but we're I feel like let's just get this out of the way now. Uh, Patrick's got a huge magnifying glass on this week, especially with the play calling. Uh, do you expect what do you expect that Patrick play call wise this week? Do you think what are your thoughts on that? How do they kill attack this game just with his play calling? 
and I think we're going to try and establish the run. I, it, you know, I, I, I hope this team gets a lead early because I really think that changes everything. But I mean, his play design, like I don't know how much you change it. And um, you know, we had we've had our discussions about like the you know the the decisions to punt or not punt the last two weeks. Um, sometimes agreed, sometimes disagreed. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, there's supposed to be these crazy changes. I think it just needs to be executed better. People hate that because, like, oh, Pat Shermer's not taking responsibility. But that's that's what this game is at the end of the day: executing the plays. Like, yeah, there, you know, you'll see some new wrinkles in here and here and there, some different stuff. But you know, maybe like we didn't see a jet sweep last week. Maybe we'll see that this week. But at the end of the day, it's about just getting it, uh, the job done better. And Daniel Jones had a bad game last week. Last week, and it's about Daniel Jones haven't been better so i think pat Shermer's main like change this week was like talking to uh, daniel jones and have putting an effort of like taking what's there and like trying to learn when when to take those chances yeah i i only brought that up because say the giants lose this game pat Shermer's once again gonna be on the hot seat even if it's decent play calling oh yeah Dude, people we, want pat Shermer fired right out and honestly, I don't even want to talk about it until week 16, week 17, because at this point, like yeah. people, like you said, after every loss, he's going to be, they're going to be called for him to fire. It, it just, that's just what it is at this point until, until we're in the playoffs and winning playoff games. That's just what it is. We need to accept it. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to stress about it either. Yeah. And so the guy that <laughs> I, I read an article today about should the Giants trade Evan Ingram, it gave me a good chuckle. But Evan Ingram, uh, you just need to go out there and just beat Evan Ingram. He's been the past few weeks. He had one bad game, but people now believe he's a bust. Uh, yeah, was it annoying some of the drops he had? Yes, and you also had to take into account, I mean, not everyone can play well in the rain, and maybe Evan Ingram just the rain and him, obviously they don't match. So I expect Evan Ingram to go out, go out there and have a bounce-back game. And Daniel Jones should hope he has a bounce-back game because that's his security blanket. He relies on him. And if Evan Ingram has a good game, Daniel Jones will have a good game. That's how I view it because I've made this comparison basically every time. Evan Ingram is that tight end for Duke Daniel Jones had in his time there. He relied on him so much he trusted him. So with the prospects, Jones Shepard probably being out on Sunday, Evan Ingram needs to go out there and have a huge game. And I'm surprised they really hasn't been talked about this much, or at least I haven't seen it that much. This is Golden Tate's return game to Detroit. He's going to want to go out there and prove them wrong. So it's I, revenge I, game for Snacks yeah. and Golden Tate. There, there's, there's revenge games all over this place. You got Devon Kennard. Uh, I think Romero Cora still there. Romeo. We got Romeo. Yeah. So they're a revenge game all over this place. So I expect uh, those three players are going out there to have a chip on their shoulder to go out there. Four players I should say, are going to have a chip on their shoulder to go out there and prove the other team wrong for letting them go. I believe this. I'm making this prediction right here. I feel like this is gonna be Golden Tate's best game as a Giant. Yes, he's been on with us for like what two, three games now. But still, I expect this to be his best game as a Giant this year. That's just my thoughts because he's want to go out there and prove the lines wrong, and I believe he will and do that. And he's angry because Jalen Ramsey is his comeback. Yes, yeah, screw you, Jalen Ramsey. By the way, dude, he's a bad person. He's just a bad person. Dude, I, I, I'm hoping just like this week he just gets fully like trucked or something. I I hate Jalen Ramsey now. I you know, I like I can enjoy like a loudmouth corner here and there, but what he did in Jacksonville and this whole new stuff that if you look just look up Jalen Ramsey and, and Tate and you'll you'll figure it out. It's uh some brutal stuff. That guy screwed up. Anyway, but yeah, Golden Tate, have yourself a game. 
old man. I can't say young man because you're old. Uh, yeah, like you said, Evan Ingram should be huge. I think he's going to have a bounce-back game, and he's been very good, except for last week. He's been very good. Um, he had two drops last week. He hadn't had a drop since until, like, until since then. or they had, Before that, he hadn't had a drop since, since 2018, where he also had two drops for the entire season. So let's relax on that. It's in the Dome, Dome, Dome. It's in Detroit, the arguably the worst city in America, big city in America. I don't know. I don't want to say for sure. I haven't, cause I haven't been there. I've been to the airport, Detroit's airport. Have you ever been Danny? No, I've never been to Detroit. It's very, it's a very long, I, you know, I've only been in the airport. It's, it's very, it's very like long. It's like a big long hallway. And so they have like a little, like, like train thing. And like, I was there on a connecting flight and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be lazy. I'm just going to walk. And then, I was literally, like, from, like, the second-to-last terminal to, like, all the way other side. I was like, man, I should have taken the freaking train. Like, I almost missed my flight. Uh, but, you know, that's just me patting myself on the back for being the Get guy. Get exercise. Get that exercise. Yeah, you know what? You might have missed the flight, but you know what? If you, I mean, you almost missed the flight, but you know what? You got a good exercise on. Yeah, and I've been to the Denver airport where the Illuminati uh, has their headquarters underneath there. That's where it is under the Denver YouTube, headquarters. YouTube, YouTube that. Now I don't believe in all that, but it is that the YouTube videos will interest you, even though it's like it's. I don't believe in any of that. I had a roommate who would like never leave me alone about it. I might even talk <laughs> about the show. Like he would never. He, he was. And I was finally. I was like, I'll watch him. Like some interesting stuff. But anyway, I don't know. How, how did we so, get onto so, the Illuminati? So you're telling me the Detroit Lions? I'm just gonna hold this back around. The Detroit Lions are the Illuminati. No, Denver. The the Broncos are. Or maybe maybe they're both intertwined. I don't know. What are we doing? All right, Giants. Giants. That's not what just happened. Went from Evan Ingram to the Illuminati. Uh, Maybe that's Kyrie Irving having an impact on me. All right. Uh, (laughs) Okay, they've been allowing 45% third down conversion. That's really good compared with how Daniel Jones has been on third down. We were actually good on third down last week. Like, we should be able to move the ball. Like, Saquon should have a big game. We should pound the rock, trying to establish the run. And it's so important that I think this team should get an early lead. Like, let's score first. And let's take the ball. I'm so tired of us deferring to the second half. Let's get the ball first and score. Instead of every single week, a team scores their first their first drive on us. They're, they're, I, the, the Giants, will ne- they will always defer. That's Pat Shiver saying. He, he will never take that risk. He will. He may go for on fourth down sometimes. He might think he's ballsy, but he will never receive the kick first if he has a choice. He will always defer that. If he, if he ever does not defer a kick when he wins a coin toss, I would believe that something's wrong with him or Pat Shermer's not coaching. He, he's always going to be deferring. Well, I mean, most coaches do that. Pat, you got the coaches. I hate it. it. I'm a big believer of taking the ball. Yeah, as you said, the Giants just need to score first. If they score first to get the lead early, they don't have that playing from behind mentality. They have the lead mentality. They're like, all right, we scored first. Now this team needs to score first, not to take the lead, but to tie. So they just need to. They just need to have that mentality in their head. The Giants, if they don't have the, if they're not in the right like mental state. Like if the team takes the lead, they're like, oh god, we're losing already. Then it feels like the Giants just go into desperation mode already. The Giants need the lead to feel good about themselves and to play smart. That that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Detroit has some playmakers. I got some guys that run around like Gerard Davis. You know, we mentioned Justin Coleman, our guy Snacks, and Devin Kennard. 
Uh, Darius Slay, if he's out there, he's a really good corner. And, and we'll have the matchup of the big play Slays. We'll, we'll see who the real big play Slay is. There was a little controversy about that a couple weeks ago. But Danny, and, and we didn't do this on purpose. We asked each other what our giant factors were before the show. So it's going to turn into a little bit of a different discussion. Because both of these guys have been the trade talk guys. So Danny, who is your giant factor? Nate Solder needs to go out there and have a good game. Uh, I'm not. Yes, he's been a part of the trade talk, but the Giants haven't been the one shopping him around. It's been the Cleveland Browns who are in desperate need of a left tackle because it seems like Trent Williams will be reported to the Redskins, Redskins sooner rather than never. So Nate Solder, I don't expect him to be traded, but he needs to go out there and have a good game. He's let us down these past few weeks, and he knows that. Nate Solder, he's, he's not stupid. He knows he hasn't been playing well. I expect Nate Solder, he just needs to lock up this offensive line. Because if you look at it, this offensive line, is full. people have been bashing Dave Gellman for not rebuilding this offensive line. Are you choking me? This offensive line is good. You, Nate Solder's the only downside of it right now. If he locks it in, this offensive line, this could be, you're going to, Jones got plenty of time in the pocket. So on that trade talk, I made obviously I made the joke of like give us we'll give you Nate Solder for Odell. It was clearly a joke. It took most people knew it was a joke. It took at least until like the next day for some people to say like oh, get over the Odell thing. But <laughs> I, I I don't expect Nate Solder to get traded because here's why. Here's where this conversation shifts. Who do we have behind him? Would you rather have Chad Slade protecting Daniel Jones? I'm trying to think of other guys. You got Nick Gates. I, I, I am like a, Nick I am a big Nick Gates fan. I'm a big Nick Gates fan. But do I do the Giants trust him? to defend the future franchise quarterback because Jones takes big hits already. Say you put Nate Gates back there or, or like Chad Slade, it, Jones could be getting like a huge hit every play. So the Giants, even though Nate Solder struggles and he has a huge contract, they're, I feel like they're going to keep him and they're going to maybe go after a guy in the draft to try and groom to be Nate Solder. I love, I love the people who are like, we get rid of the contract. It's like, we have all the money in the world next year. Yeah, And, and, and breaking news, we're not going to be huge spenders in free agency. Yeah. The Giants will probably get like one big guy. I guarantee you. And that's it. If you think that we're on free agency now, we went from trade deadline to free agency. If you think the Giants are going to go out there and be a 2016 type season, no, they're going to get one big guy and then they're going to get little medium pieces to fill in here and there. So Nick Soldier is my giant factor. I expect to go out there and have a huge game. I expect them to lock down. Maybe that, that, Cardinals game. Remember that Atlanta game where he really struggled? Then he really picked it up after that point. Maybe that Cardinals game was his Atlanta game. Now he's going to pick it up and get better and better as each week goes on. Because as I said, he's not stupid. And you think Nate Solder wants to leave New York? He likes it here. He he chose here because it has good medical situations for his son. And, and they paid a lot of money. Yeah, and, and they paid him a lot of money. So, I mean... And he wants to be part of the solution here. He said he doesn't want to go. He he wants to work with these guys. He doesn't want to go all the way to Cleveland, who are in desperate need of an off the lineman. Because Cleveland right now, are, do they have young guys? Yeah, but like, what makes getting Nate Solder or like getting left tackle? And they're all how, scumbags in Cleveland. Yeah, they're all scumbags. They threw a bottle at security guard at one point. So, how does adding left tackle make Cleveland overall better team? It doesn't. I'm sorry. So. Nate Solder, you're my giant factor for this week. I expect you to lock it down. I expect you to have a good game, and I expect you to quiet the critics. Nate Solder, you are my giant factor of the week. My giant factor is Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins, Janoris. He's got to have a big game. He's going to be lined. I don't know who's going to be lined up on. I would guess Marvin Jones. 
Matthew Stafford loves Marvin Jones. He lo- he'll throw to him in a tight window. He'll throw those back shoulder throws. He loves Marvin Jones. And Norris Jenkins, you know, you, there's no Marvin Jones isn't going to burn him or anything. And and maybe they put him on Kenny Galladay. And so either way, it, it kind of makes sense either way. But make sure you can lock your guy down. I expect to see a decent amount of man coverage with like one safety higher this week. Let that safety roll over to DeAndre Baker's way and have yourself a game. And we want to see you here for a while. We don't want to see you gone. So Janoris Jenkins is my giant factor of the week. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Because Janoris Jenkins, he's still a valuable trade asset. He's got a year on his contract after this year. So he was in the trade talks last year. If anything, I feel like Spags would want him in Kansas City. That's the only really place I would guess him going. But Janoris Jenkins, I want him here. I, I'm a fan of Janoris Jenkins. I believe he's still a very much a capable cornerback. I believe he could be he could still very much be on the team next year and contribute. So I hope he stays. Uh last time the Giants were shopping a player around, they got rid of him. That was Odell. But I expect Jenkins if the Giants lose, then there I believe there's a strong possibility Jenkins is gone. If they win, then I, <laughs> I I'm such a fan still at heart because I'm talking about how like, oh well if they win, then they got a huge game Monday night against Dallas. So <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it's all dependent if the Giants win. If they win, we, we I feel like Janoris Schenken stays. If they lose, then the chances increase even more if he gets traded. Maybe, who knows? I guarantee you, if Janoris Jenkins has a bad game on Sunday and they lose, I can already hear now trade him, get, get like at least a six for him. I, I can already read all the tweets now. So Jenkins, go out there, lock down, and just prove to the Dave Gellman why you should stay. Yeah, I mean, we've been... We've been talking Janoris Jenkins possibly being traded since draft night, since we drafted DeAndre Baker. Um, and then with Julian Love and and uh, Corey Ballantyne being drafted as well, it kind of it kind of would make sense that he'd be the most tradable piece. Being said, I mean, I like Jenkins. I would like to have him around next year. Um, you know, but obviously if we want to see Ballantyne and Beal at, at some point. So I don't know. It's hard to say, and I honestly don't even want to comment on it a whole lot until until we see something happen because I don't want to spend all our time wasting breath on it, and they end up staying. So now this maybe- is speculation station. We're pulling into it. We got to get out all these like all the radio. Did you notice I didn't this. say one thing about the Nate Solder trade stuff? I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm just yeah, I'm not did. doing it. The thing is, though, we're not the ones initiating these trade talks. Is Cleveland reaching out to us. So there's no legitimacy to it. The only reason why Cleveland's reaching out to us is because they want Trent Williams, and the Redskins are like, no. So, I mean, Nate Solder is their next best option, but the Giants are stupid. They did give Nate Solder that big contract to get rid of him after one year, in my opinion. So I believe he still stays while the trade talks are fun. I, I there's try, no way he's gone. I try to put my thoughts out on everything, but I was like, you know what? I'm setting this one out. I don't, I don't feel like doing this. Uh, that's that all right game predictions danny i'll let you go first this week uh you know what i'll go i'm gonna i'm gonna be humble i'm gonna give the giants 50 to zero all right i was kind of i was a little i was a little pissed off you one up me last week um i'm gonna go giants 77 line zero baby giants win Just, just, just pretend that like on the Sunday episode we didn't say the we don't see the Giants winning this game. Pretend that we didn't say that. Listen, we can say that we don't see them winning, but we can predict them to win. That's the way it goes. That's that's the that's the mind of a go getter. Well, for your simple man predictions, this is the the life of a go getter. 
For your simple man predictions, they're just bringing you down. <laughs> oh my! I, the last two weeks, I tried to get myself out of hole, out of a hole with. I was like, I'm going upset city. I'm going upset city, <laughs> and it's just it was not upset city. Um, so I, I'm in a hole. I'll, I'll I'll claw my way back. I'm just going. I'm going straight logic for the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> all right, Danny. Any final thoughts before we close this this baby down? Uh, I want to feel New York needs a win this week. So New York needs just a good sports weekend. So the you want to win and make the Monday night game feel important just for fans and at least let us have a fun game. Just win. It's not that hard. I mean, it's not like you just. It, I'm making it sound simple. It's, so it's just that simple. Just go out there and win and just make this win, Monday baby. night game next week feel important. Just make it feel important. I want to. I want to have fun because what? You had the Yankees lose last week. You had the Giants lose on Sunday. Then you had uh, all the hockey teams suck around here. Uh, then you got who? Then the Knicks and Nets lost on the same night. So just let's have a good New York sports weekend, please. Let's just do that. Yeah. All right. We'll be back Monday. Sunday night, recapping the Lions game, win or loss. We appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go Big Blue.